I think the whole process is fascinating. It's, it's organic, it's hands-on, it's physical. And I enjoyed that process and I like old things. I've got classic cars, classic motorbikes, I like old watches. And just using that tactile camera where everything's buttons and it's just all manual, it, it's an enjoyable experience. Hello, beautiful people. This is Rajiv and you're listening to Photo Country. It's been quite stressful with the prolonged lockdown in Auckland. Being confined to the four walls of your home is quite demotivating to be honest, especially for photographers. So after a short break to get my spirits up, I'm back with episode 15. I caught up with Auckland-based film photographer Kieran Lowe. He predominantly shoots with a large format 4x5 camera. I really dig his portraits. So, let's dive right into the conversation. Welcome to the show, Kieran. Thank you, man. It's a pleasure to be here. So how have you been? Quiet, man. Lockdown. It's been a bit of a tough time. Can't get out and shoot or whatnot. We're hanging in there. Right. So how have you been keeping yourself occupied? What have you been doing during lockdown? Lots of talking to friends, man. Lots of darkroom printing. Been trying to get in the darkroom every week and make some prints, keep those creative juices flowing. But mainly just talking to people, man. Me and Tim been talking a lot, getting ideas together, just staying in the zone for when we're free and we can shoot and get out and do things. Right. So tell me, how did you get here in terms of where you are right now? What's been the journey like? Where did you start? And just give us an insight about how you got started and how has it been? Sure. I mean, I think I first bought a camera probably when I was in uni. I bought like a digital Canon 400D, something like that. Started taking photos, enjoyed it. And then my dad gave me his AE-1. He had an old Canon AE-1 that he bought secondhand as a teenager. So I like kind of jumped into the world of film. Started shooting on film. I really enjoyed the process, really enjoyed using the old camera. Um, and it's kind of snowballed from there. Met lots of cool people, mainly through like Tumblr and Instagram and stuff. Started with 35mm, started shooting a lot of travel stuff, documentary kind of stuff, just day-to-day stuff. And recently I've been like shooting 4x5 large format and taking lots of portraits, which is a new challenge. Yeah, snowballed real fast. Right, so are you a full-time photographer? No, no, no. Um, so photography is actually not a job at all for me. I've got a, I've got a 9-to-5 job, which I love. So photography for me is just, just a passion, just a hobby, something I absolutely love, but something I really don't want to make into a job. I don't want to make this business the pleasure. More power to those who do. But for me, it's just a creative outlet. It, it's, it's my escape. Why do you want to keep that separation? Why don't you want it to become a job? Because it's something that you love. I think, I mean, like I have done paid gigs before. And it was more just the constrictions, working to a brief, having to do what someone else wants you to do. Now you have to take photos. At the moment, it's like, I take photos when I want to take photos, when I feel like taking photos. It's, it's, all, on, it's all on my schedule. I think it's just having control over that. You started with digital and then you know you shifted into film. I know that you love uh, film a lot. So I just wanted to know what's your fascination with film? I think, I mean, starting out shooting film when I did, what is it, like 2012 or something. It's fascinating. I'm of the age where I've, I grew up when I was younger with film. My parents were shooting on film cameras before digital was a thing. And then as I got into my teenage years and stuff, digital was coming around. And I think the whole process is fascinating. It's, it's organic, it's hands-on, it's physical. And I enjoyed that process and I like old things. I've got classic cars, classic motorbikes. I like old watches and just using that tactile camera where everything's buttons and it's just all manual. It, it's an enjoyable experience. And the process itself, I develop at home, I print at home, everything's in-house. And it, it just feels kind of special. It's nice having that tangible object when you shoot. I don't think it makes you a better photographer because you shoot film, but it's the process I choose and the process that I enjoy. Unfortunately, it's kind of expensive. That was something that I uh, wanted to touch upon because unlike you don't have to pay for pixels but you have to pay for your negatives for film and it is a, a labor of uh, love as well as uh, 
lot of materials that you have to buy and so on and so forth. So how do you fund your passion? I mean, it's like everything, right? You got a hobby and you spend your money on your hobbies. I don't drink much alcohol. I don't do other things. And, and you choose where you put, put your money. I've got a good job that pays well. And it's just what I choose to spend my money on. I guess I've made it quite a bit cheaper by doing everything in-house. So I develop everything in-house. I scan in-house at home. I've got a dark room at home. So that drops the costs significantly, but it's still expensive. But, you know, pay for your love. So from someone who has never done any kind of printing or film, yep. just as a total outsider, I'm asking, how does one start off with film photography? Like, is that a like a affordable, cheap way of getting in? Unfortunately, nothing is cheap these days when it comes to film photography. But I mean... The easiest way would be to just pick up a secondary camera, go to somewhere like Black and White Box, buy a roll of film, shoot that roll of film. There's plenty of guides online of how to load your camera. And if you know the fundamentals of photography, about exposure and stuff, you'll be fine. Works the same as digital. Places like Black and White Box, they'll develop and scan your film, give you digital files back. I, I think that's the first place to, to start. It, it's a bit more expensive that way because you're paying for scanning and developing costs, but it's a good way to get a test for things and a feeler to see if that's really what you want to shoot. Right. And are you seeing a resurgence of uh, film photography these days? When oh. I know there's, there's uh, a lot of these younger kids are getting into the Instax cameras. Yep. It's yep. kind of showing their finger to the iPhones. <laughs> Supposedly. Definitely. <laughs> so yeah. what, do you, what do you say to that? I mean, film's made a huge comeback. It has, it has its plus sides and its bad sides. Like on, on, on the plus, film's going to be around longer. The, the more people shooting it, the more demand there is, the more manufacturers are going to keep producing film. The more companies are going to stay developing film, providing these services. On the flip side, all the cameras I would like to own one day, I can no longer afford because prices have skyrocketed. I mean, it's gotten crazy. I mean, I remember buying probably like 2012, 2013, I was buying like a roll of Kodak Tri-X for maybe $3 and now it's 12 to $14. So the price has like jumped up significantly, but I mean, it's good. It's good. The more people shooting film, the better. Right. I was looking through your portfolio, Karen, and one thing jumped out at me is your trip to South India. Yes. And, and uh, I come from South India, actually. I come from Tamil Nadu. So I was curious to know how did that actually come about? Because it's totally random, right? <laughs> it is. So I went to South India, I went to Kerala for a wedding. So, so my girlfriend at the times, one of her friends was getting married. So we flew over, stayed there for a month. We traveled a bit of South, South India, you know, Fort Kochi, Gulam, Tikkadi, beautiful place, beautiful right. place. And, and we, were, we were in like kind of like the bridal party of the, the wedding, which was an experience in itself because it was like 3,000 people there. And there was us two white guys on stage. You know, like, <laughs> it was cool. It was dope. Super hospitable, lovely people. It was, it was good fun. Right. Tell me something about the, the red light feed that you've got on. It's pretty interesting. It shows people the process of printing. Is that something a bit more education that you want to kind of promote film photography? Is that I mean, the idea? Yeah, definitely. So Red Light District started like in lockdown last year. We went into lockdown, there were four lockdown, as you'll know. And we had all the gear here to build a dark room and we're like, shit, why don't we just do it? Why don't we just try it? Set it up, got printing, had a whole bunch of fun. We had all this paper. We had just spent night after night in the dark room printing. And then we got Tim involved. So Tim's going deep in the dark room. He's got his own setup at his house now. I think we just want to share that with people. It's a whole other side of analog photography that not many people explore. And it's surprisingly accessible and fun. And if you like shooting on film and you like having those physical negatives, then what's better than making a handmade print? It's a whole new thing to learn. It's been challenging because I've never dark printed before, except maybe once in high school, a hell of a long time ago. So it's a whole new learning process and it's quite challenging. 
when coming back to your photography what was your focus when you started and how has it evolved so when i first started i was taking lots of travel photos i went to vietnam rode a motorcycle around went to india and i was shooting a lot of 35 mil just travel stuff to kind of not cliche travel photos but more like documenting another culture shot a lot of landscapes back in new zealand and then recently i've been shooting some like streetscapes with cars and stuff on six by six and in the last two years i've been shooting portraits and portraits has been something that I've always wanted to shoot, but it's always found quite challenging. So when I got the four by five camera, I was like, this is perfect to shoot portraits on. It's slow. It's purposeful diving headfirst to portraits. And I really felt, fell in love with shooting portraits. I think shooting a person is very special and it also prints incredibly well in the darkroom. And that's kind of my focus going forward at the moment is portraits. It's really the lane that I'm in right now, really enjoying. I want to focus on that at the moment. When you take a photograph. What are you trying to achieve? What is it that you want people to feel when they look at uh, a portrait by Kiran Lowe? Well, first of all, I, I really want to, I want to capture that person I'm shooting. I want them, I want that photo to be of themselves. I don't shoot models or anything like that. I, I pretty much shoot people I know, people I admire, other creatives. And I want to capture that in the photo. And I, and I want the person that I've photographed to love that photo. I want them, me to capture them in a way that they're happy with. And I'm stoked to have that photo off. Just to make you happy, really, especially the people I'm, I'm shooting. Is it in an environmental portrait sort of a thing or is it more staged? Bit of both. I've, um, a lot of time I just go meet up with someone at their home, shoot them in their home. But I do a lot of, I do staged up as well. I've got studio lights now, I've got backdrops and I'm trying to, trying to explore some avenues of more like set dressed kind of photography. But I try to mix it up, keep it interesting. Right. And do you have preference for color on black and white? Because I see on your feed that you've got both and your color photographs there is a certain color tone or a palette that you have was that a conscious choice i mean a lot of that color palette is due to the film i'm shooting which is portrait and only shoot portrait 400 i like both I, I like shooting both color and black and white you go through phases you take an amazing photo on black and white and you're like oh man i love black and white and you shoot a good color photo and you feel the same color is just a hell of a lot more expensive to shoot than four by five I mean, a black and white sheet of film cost me $4. So that's $4 a photo plus the developing costs. I color one to about $10. And then the developing cost of color is a lot more expensive on top of that as well. Naturally kind of lean towards black and white. So it, it just financially, it makes more sense. The thing with black and white as well is you can't match film black and white on digital. And in a large format black and white film photograph, it's just something different, something special. And also the fact that we can print in the dark room with black and white. My dark room is only set up for black and white. So that's almost a factor as well, because I can then make handmade prints from those photographs. Yeah. Take me through the process of shooting with a four-way fire. How did you get into that? And what is involved in getting into that kind of uh, photography? So I always wanted to shoot four by five because like as shooting a film, shooting film and shooting old cameras, four by five was always like the top tier, the under the cloak big camera on a tripod, the ones you saw in the old movies. It was always like, it was always intriguing. So my uncle actually had a four by five Lindhoff and he led it to me for a couple of months and I bought some film, went out, had a play with it. And I was just like, you know what? I really enjoy this. It, it's really slow. It's, it's really process driven. I want to do this. So I bought my own four by five early last year and I've been pretty much shooting predominantly that for the last two years. It's super slow. You always want a tripod. If I go take a portrait of someone, I'll take maybe four sheets. So that's four photos I can take. The depth of field is crazy. Yeah, it's slow. And shooting portraits is challenging because your subject has to stay still because your depth of field can be so thin at like F5.6 that you need them to stay still. 
and it's a bit of a dance and a jig you've got to do. You open the lens, you focus, you get your exposure, close the lens, put your film in, pull the dark slide out, take the photo, dark slide back in. So it's quite a process, but I really enjoy that slowed down approach. You really think about every photo you're taking. You really, it really, really feels purposeful. Yeah. It's almost meditative when you say that. On the early days, it was stressful. On the early days, it was stressful. Because you're worried, like you almost need a checklist of all the steps you needed to take a photo because you get one of those steps in the wrong order and you've just wasted a sheet of film that costs four bucks. So, but now I do it without thinking, it's, you just autopilot it and then you kind of finish a shoot and you're like, man, did I do that right? I'm not sure. But um, no, I'm pretty comfortable with it now. Is that why most of your portraits don't smile because they have to stay still and it's very difficult to hold a smile for that <laughs> lot? <laughs> no, you see, it, they can actually smile. Because I'm still shooting at normal shutter speeds, one one twenty fifth and up. I just tend to lean towards a more a more serious portrait rather than a cheesy smiley one. That's generally what I lean towards. But is it expensive to get into a four by five these days? Do people still make new ones, or it's all secondhand old stuff? There's still new ones, so it's actually surprisingly cost effective for the gear. It looks expensive, but I'll give you some numbers. I've bought a brand new camera just recently. It's called a Chamonix 4.5 and that was handmade and that cost me $1,900. Now, don't get me wrong, it's not cheap, but comparative to other film cameras, it, it's affordable. You look at a Leica M6 now that's going for like four grand. You look at Rolleiflex, it's like three and a half grand. And so it, it, it's affordable for a brand new camera. A lens, I've got a couple of lenses that I've spent maybe three to $400 on each. Tripod, which isn't really large format specific. You can use any tripod. It's not not terribly expensive to get into. It's expensive to keep up. It's a film. A box of 25 sheets is $100 or so. But in saying that, you shoot differently. So like if I was shooting 35mm, if I was shooting 120, I'd take a roll of film or two and shoot two rolls of film and take 30 odd or 50 odd photos. With large format, I'd take four photos, but the price is the same. So you just, you just slow down your process. You take less photos. You're more, you're more accurate with it. Yeah, I think that's pretty bang on because... When it's just pixels, you tend to shoot like a machine gun (laughs) without even thinking about what you're shooting. No, exactly. But this slows you down. So you're more careful about what you're shooting. You almost kind of curate your photographs. So you think more about what you're going to take. Definitely. And and I I would go into a shoot thinking, I want to get these four shots. So I have in my mind what I want to shoot. And then a lot of times I'll shoot a frame once, a particular pose or particular angle, I'll shoot it once and just hope that my process was correct and we're fine. That's all part of the fun. Shooting films a gamble. And I suppose it's also interesting for people to actually be part of such a process as somebody being photographed. Unlike a, a digital camera, it's a bit more involved. For sure. I think people are fascinated by the large format. I've shot strangers before on it. Just ask people, can I take your portrait? Would you be interested in having a portrait? And I see the camera and they're like, what is that? It's fascinating that they're bewildered by it. So it's almost like a, it's a whole different experience. I, I feel like it's a bit different to pulling out a digital camera with a huge 70 to 200 lens on it. It just makes people feel a bit different. It feels more hands-on. It's more of an experience. And I think that helps as well. Relax people a bit, you know, seeing this cool camera and this old timey method. So you started off as a travel photographer. Are there places that like favorites for you in terms of where you shot and are there places that you want to go and explore or or kind of types of photography you want to explore? So yeah, I mean, as a travel photographer, it wasn't like I wasn't predominantly a travel photographer. I just 
shot a lot when I traveled. I went to Vietnam, you know, and I took like 60 rolls of film and just went nuts on my motorbike. I would love to travel with a large format. I would lo absolutely love to travel with a large format and take portraits. And weird times, I know, but you know, last year I was planning to go to Mongolia, traverse some of the country with, with either the Rolly Fleets or the large format. And then I also planned to go to China. I'm half Chinese, so I wanted to kind of go to the homeland per se. And I just wanted to take portraits. I just want to take photos of interesting people. It's really challenging and just, I just love a photo of a person. So hopefully when we're allowed, God knows when that'll be, but you know, I'll be back on a plane overseas, hopefully. So for a young person who's getting into film photography or photography in general, Yep. What would be your piece of advice? So what would be your uh, advice for someone who's getting into photography and interested in film photography? I reckon don't get into film photography from the jump. I think to be a better photographer, you've just got to shoot. You've got to practice. You've got to shoot heaps. You've got to use your camera. And shooting film is not a cheap way to do that. And I think pick up a digital camera, get out, start shooting, shoot, and then move into film if, if, if that's what you want. I think it's also important to, to remember that just because your photograph is taken on film doesn't make it better. A photograph's not good just because of the medium it's shot on. Don't feel like you need to shoot film to be to make better photographs because it's not the case at all. But really just go shoot heaps, shoot your community, shoot stuff that's close to you. Don't follow trends, just get amongst, you know. And who were your heroes when you started out? Who did you follow? And who are some of the contemporary photographers that you would recommend people to follow? It's funny because my heroes starting out are now my friends today. It was Tumblr back then when I was first shooting film. It was all on Tumblr. I was following photographers, notable ones. Tim D, of course, one of my best mates. Always followed him on Tumblr. Joe Hockley. Joe was the one that pushed me into film photography and likers and studying the great photographers. So I'd say those people are my main inspirations at the moment. It's the people around me. And not only just photographers, but more people, just creatives that are always doing something, always working, always creating. Vanessa's another one. Vanessa's always shooting. Her, her work ethic's insane. I, I, th I think it's good to be inspired by those in your community and around you because other ones, other ones that are in the same situation as you, shooting in the same environment, and it's cool to draw inspiration from your same surroundings because it's, it's, it's easy to get inspired from these, the greats that are in New York and it works great, no doubt. But it's nice to be inspired by people shooting in New Zealand, people who are your age with the same gear, the same skill set, same environment as you. And I think that's important. So final question, Kiran, what next? Just keep doing what I'm doing. I've, I just want to keep shooting more portraits. I've got some more ideas in my head. I've got a personal project that I want to release next year, which is a little bit under the wraps that I'm trying to work on. That's it. It's a passion for me. I just want to keep doing it. Keep me going. Just keep shooting. Hopefully travel. Hopefully travel soon. <laughs> <laughs> So if someone wants to come and see your work, where can they reach you? Yep. Instagram, it, it, which is k.low, K-D-O-T-L-O-W-E, or my website, which is kiranlow.com. Should have a wide range of work there. Thanks for your time, Kiran. That was awesome. Appreciate you having me on here. Pleasure is all mine. That was Kiran Low. Go give him a follow on Instagram and check out his work on his website. Maybe you all want to get a 4x5 portrait taken by him. Hope you all enjoyed this conversation as much as I did bringing it to you. If you like this podcast and want to show your support, just buy me a coffee. Head over to buymeacoffee.com slash photocountry. Appreciate each one of you listening to this podcast. You really keep me going. I will catch you on the next episode. Till then, stay safe and keep clicking.